days of buying victories with free agents and hoping that spending big money and throwing big money out at big names is a thing of the past. I think any kind of shared experience can help when you're a coach. And we've got a couple guys with experience in it. But in the end, uh, when that ball tips up, it's all about those guys on that court. One thing I always do share with them, there's no more fun in basketball. Well, I say that. There's not much more fun in basketball than winning in St. Louis. I feel very confident in our team against anyone. Uh, it doesn't matter what school you name, I'm going to be confident in our team. So it really is just a matter of taking care of the ball on our side of the net. You know, when we're passing well, we win the match. It is, there's a direct correlation. Baseball is a funny game. If it bounces your way, we might be able to make some hay this year. We're looking to take another step forward. We're still building for the future. And, you know, everybody's picked, you know, thinking we're going to be real good in 2020, but that doesn't stop all of us from coming to the ballpark every day, preparing and trying and wanting to win that night, that day. Yeah, that was uh, so far probably the game of the tournament. We knew going into it, it was going to be, you know, you know, Taco versus Zion. In the tournament, you keep these lower seeds close and they and they can pull out pull it out at the end. And so I think it I think it was a wake up call for Duke. As a player, I want Redbird fans to really remember me by my positivity and my hard work and dedication. That's how I want people to remember me as someone that influences others and does not focus on herself. I will talk to anybody and I just make everybody around me better. I think they definitely have the potential to make a big jump next season. I think that they should definitely be able to boost their win total at least into the mid-30s to the point where when you get into March and April, they're playing meaningful games. There's always tension between the players and the owners. As early as 1890s, the players started their own players' league. So players and management differences are nothing new. At first, I was pretty skeptical about it because he played with all the players and it kind of seemed that they were like all, all his best friends. And I was wondering at first if he was able to be, be their coach, like take the friendships away for a little bit, and they're still all going to be friends and everything, and they all have those relationships. But it's a new relationship now with Ross being the manager. It proves why they brought in Ross. Ross has done a lot different than what Madden would do. As the season's gone along, and right now what I'm thinking is the Cubs front office did a great job bringing him in. Hey, everybody. It's Marcus Grant from NFL Fantasy Live on the NFL Network. Hey, everyone. It's Luke Stuckmeyer. This is Neil Doyle. Hey, what's going on? This is Mark Grody, the official Chicago Bears sideline reporter from 670 to score, and ISU Redbird alum. Hey, this is Alex Dolanar. Hey, Redbirds, it's Leah Johnson. This is Mark Shanowski. It's now time. It's now time for your fifth quarter sports talk. It's Will's fifth quarter special. Here's your host, Will Farlow. Welcome into the 52nd episode of a sports podcast that captures everything you want to know as the buzzer sounds at the end of any sports game. It's Will Farlow here with you this afternoon on August 26, 2020, welcoming listeners to the 52nd episode of Will's fifth quarter special. I'm your host for this special edition of the 5th Quarter Sports Talk. Hope everyone's doing well. It's exciting to see baseball as successful as it is in this shortened 2020 season during the global pandemic of COVID-19. We covered on our last episode Chicago White Sox baseball. In this episode, we're headed to the other side of town in Chicago as we're covering the north side team that plays at the historic Wrigley Field. We're talking all things Chicago Cubs here on episode 52. There's a lot of excitement running around this team, and we're going to get into that with our new debut guest appearance that's joining the show, a friend and supporter of Will's Fifth Quarter Special. Now it's time for the segment that opens Will's Fifth Quarter Special. There are many types of well-known trivia out there, but this new trivia will blow you away. It's Will's Fifth Quarter Trivia. 
This segment is all about history of the fifth quarter sports talk here at Will's Fifth Quarter Special. From guessing who appeared for an episode, finding the episode number, and more of the history of this sports podcast is up for grabs. The trivia history question will be announced and following the episode, you can follow our social media on Facebook and Twitter at William D. Farlow, our Snapchat WillFarlow44, and our Instagram Will's Fifth Quarter Special for clues. As the first clue will also be announced following the question here on our episode 52 and the Facebook Live that follows it. Facebook Lives and other live content will also feature clues. And check out the YouTube channel for the walkthrough video on how to do this nice combo of scavenger hunt and trivia we feature in this new trivia style here at Will's 5th Quarter Trivia. And all other things Will's 5th Quarter Trivia. Time for new fans and other Will's 5th Quarter special listeners to get ready. The 5th Quarter has just begun, as here is your third ever Will's 5th Quarter Trivia question. So, to find the answer for this one, just like the first two questions of Will's 5th Quarter Trivia, you need to have the episode number to get the correct answer. So, the question is, which episode featured for the first time in the history of Will's 5th Quarter special regular season coverage of the Chicago Cubs? So, that's the Will's 5th Quarter Trivia question number three for the third ever time in the history of this segment. And as I mentioned, just to give a bit of a segue, but for those of you that are hearing episode 52 for the first time and are new to Will's Fifth Quarter Trivia, we want to let you know that there's a walkthrough video and it'll be tagged in our episode coverage of the Facebook Live we do following the episode. As I mentioned, we do for Will's Fifth Quarter Trivia. For those of you that can't tune in, it's going to be tagged in our social media as well. That was mentioned just a bit ago here, so you can go back and listen to that part and find our social media pages. And so you can you're able to follow Will's Fifth Quarter Trivia, you know, because the clues are going to be revealed that way. And the YouTube video that was done on our Facebook Live as well is a walkthrough video for new people that are trying Will's Fifth Quarter Trivia here for the first time um, to kind of understand this new style of trivia. I can understand it's a new style, not your regular sports trivia, and we want all of our fans here at Will's Fifth Quarter Special to have a fair chance at giving it a shot and to kind of understand how our new style of trivia works here at Will's Fifth Quarter Trivia with Will's Fifth Quarter Special. So go ahead and check out that walkthrough video. And so again, the question, if you guys need it restated, is... Which episode featured, for the first time in Will's 5th Quarter Special History, regular season coverage of the Chicago Cup? Will's 5th Quarter Special fans, new and current, best of luck to you on the third ever Will's 5th Quarter Trivia question. Again, this will be done in a Facebook Live video that goes up on our YouTube channel, as well as it being on our Instagram page, following the posting of this episode later here in the afternoon. So be on the lookout for more clues. Best of luck, and we hope you give our third ever Will's 5th Quarter Trivia question the best shot you can. So now we're going to get to the part of the show where we talk things Chicago Cubs. And this is a team that is, you know, a lot of fans in Chicago media are talking about it being a last dance maybe, um, had doubts about the new manager. And we're going to get into all those questions Chicago Cubs fans have. And uh, we're bringing in a new guest appearance. He's someone I've known uh, during my time working at WZND in college over at Illinois State when I was towards the end of my college career. And he's somebody I worked alongside on various calls. Got to know moving forward when I, after I graduated. Somebody that is working on his craft in uh, the sports broadcast world and uh, news and sports at WZND. Does a really good job. And he's coming on Will's Fifth Quarter Special for the first time. So it's Joe Kennedy. Big Chicago Cubs fan uh, debuting here on Will's Fifth Quarter Special. And he's going to help us talk all things Chicago Cubs. So as I just mentioned... They have a new manager this year. We're going to talk about what his thoughts are in the first year of manager David Ross era in Chicago uh, for the Cubs on the north side. What he thinks about the Cubs' record so far in this unique shortened season here in 2020. We're going to talk a little bit of uh, the pitching side. They had two pitchers 
just reported come back from the injured list and just kind of how he feels the rotation the bullpen are looking we're going to talk about the bats as well cover any injuries that are going on and what's going on with those players on the cubs some of the positive and uh, negatives through the uh, batting order as well we're going to talk a little crosstown and what his hopes are for the season moving forward in 2020 so here's the interview i had with wznd news and sports reporter joe kennedy so, Joe Kennedy, WZND News and Sports Reporter over at the campus radio station at Illinois State, and from what I've seen as a very big Cubs fan, is making his first appearance uh, debut here on Wilson Court Special. So, first, Joe, hope you're staying safe over there on campus with the pandemic going on. How you been doing, buddy? Glad to finally get you on uh, Wilson Court Special, man. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. I've been doing good, just staying safe out here, normal. Uh, no classes in person, been all online, and... I haven't really been doing much besides schoolwork and hanging out with like one or two friends, really. <laughs> well, we know you're watching Cubs baseball, I'm sure, is added to that list, if I'm correct. Um, oh, yeah, of course I'm it, watching, yeah. Well, that's what we wanted to talk about with you as well. It's a very exciting season for the Northsiders, and uh, I just kind of want to start with you. Um, when you heard Joe Madden was being let go, uh, they parted ways on good terms, uh, the Cubs organization Joe Madden, but then they're bringing in one of the – players that was known as a hero during the 2016 season when the Cubs won the World Series. Uh, David Ross, when you heard that name being announced as the Cubs' new manager coming into this unique global pandemic season, where at the time it was supposed to be a full season, what were your yeah. first thoughts on David Ross joining the Cubs as manager? At first, I was pretty skeptical about it because he played with all the players and it kind of seemed that they were like all, all his best friends. And I was wondering at first if he was able to be either coach, like take the friendships away for a little bit and they're still all going to be friends and everything. And they all have those relationships, but it's a new relationship now with Ross being the manager. And so at first I was a little skeptical about it, but once as it came along closer to the season, you started hearing reports of how well the team's going and, how well Ross is doing, and once the season started, they they started off really hot, ten and two, and it proved why they brought in Ross. Ross has done a lot different than what Madden would do. Madden would change the lineup almost every single day, put in new players, but Ross just puts out his best guys, and then he keeps his pitchers in for a longer time too. And he trusts he trusts all his guys, either the pitchers or on the field. He has a lot of faith and trust in everyone. Yeah, I think one of the things that you mentioned, they all know each other really well. Uh, the players from the 2016 crew, Bryant and Baez, Schwarber, Rizzo, Hendricks, all those great players they had there. Um, and I think that it builds what we call good rapport is one thing I've noticed with Ross. I think his energy is infectious as a manager. Um, you know, you hear him uh, before his managerial career started here uh, with the Cubs in 2020. Um, his coverage of the MLB playoffs, uh, yeah. talking about baseball. He, he's very, you can see his passion for the game. So do you feel like that pedigree he brings to the table has, as you mentioned, really uh, brought a positive vibe to this Cubs team in 2020? Oh, yeah, I think it did. And he's always been a leader, too, on the Red Sox, uh, anywhere else in the MLB, and especially on the Cubs. He's always been a leader wherever he went, and he brought a winning mentality. He's won two World Series. And he's looking to get another as a manager. And as the season's gone on, and right now what I'm thinking is the Cubs front office did a great job bringing him in. They've lost some, some games, but they're going to lose games. They're still at a solid record right now, first in the NL Central. So overall, it's a great pickup by Ross. And he has that mentality that the Cubs needed 
coming out of last year when they had a down year, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they did have a lot of positive play the last two years. Um, a lot of fans uh, tuning in to our episode here again. This is our debut guest appearance with uh, WZND News and Sports reporter Joe Kennedy. Pleasure having him join us here on episode 52. Um, you know, just seeing the last few years. Now, that is a, lot, a tough NL Central, Joe. I think it yeah. speaks well of the Cubs organization as well, how well they've they put themselves in good situations. You know, granted, yes, you can lose a wild card game or in a playoff, but that 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 is expected to happen. And I think this Cubs team, we're seeing it has bounced back from those uh, situations. And uh, they, they have just a tiny bit of a chip on their shoulder. But when you saw the season beginning and you saw the players are bringing in, hometown player in uh, Jason Kipnis, you, you still have a yeah. solid rotation in Darvish uh, and Hendricks, all those players. Uh, considering the players they brought in, um, what do you think? What were your thoughts uh, before this season opened and was suddenly paused by COVID nineteen? Uh, well, I never expected Kipnis to come in and start batting the way he's been doing, and especially Kipnis batting right, like right now, I think like two seventy. But the main thing I've been talking about is Ian Happ. He's kind of been in a struggle the past week and a half, so didn't do too hot. He was batting up in the three hundred until two weeks ago, but now he's only down to about like two seventy two as well. But those two players have been a big main focus for the Cubs this, this year. But another thing is the main, the big players, the big names are not doing that hot either this year. All Baez, Schwarber, Contreras, Rizzo, and Brian are all batting below 220, which is kind of insane to think about if you think about how good the Cubs are doing with their record. They still have so much more room for improvement, which is kind of a scary thing, but kind of also not because they're not they're not playing well at all this year to start the beginning on the offensive side. So I think that's like another main thing is that the the star players aren't using their production in a quality way. Yeah. I think just to kind of go off what you're saying there, I like uh, the hitting they have around, like you mentioned, Ian Happ to me is definitely a name uh, I've been watching uh, when it comes Mm -hmm. to the Cubs there. He had a lot of promise coming out of the draft, you know, and every young player is going to have their ups and downs growing through, you know, like what he had last year, uh, the short stint over there in Iowa and AAA. But, what he is doing, you could plug him anywhere. He's like a younger Ben Zobers, and I have no doubt when he was with Zobers, probably learned he was going to be that type of piece for the Cubs. I mean, he plays second or center. You could play him anywhere. Really good bat for yeah, the Cubs. I love it. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's another thing, too. But I love what David Ross is doing. You want to have that guy in the leadoff spot. You know, that's a guy that, you know, they talk about it over on the south side, uh, how they have a catalyst. Uh, at number one, I think. That, could you say that's the same with Ian Happ and the Cubs, uh, with him in the leadoff spot and uh, the way they've been uh-huh. featuring it lately? Rizzo over there at number two. Yeah, I think that's probably the way to go. And once Bryant's back, hopefully he can slot and come back stronger at the one, two, three, the one, two, three, four, and then Baez. They got a pretty good at the beginning of the lineup, and even Nico Horner coming out this year has been pretty well for the Cubs as well. He's been. I don't know, I started the year hot, too, but then he kind of fell off a little. Kind of because he's young, too. A lot of pitchers don't know really what he was like at the plate, but now they're adapting more to him. But the Ian Haps leading off is definitely a good way to go. Maybe not the past week, and Ross has changed out the lineups a little, like putting someone else at lead off. But overall, if we're going to a playoff game right now, I'd probably have Haps lead off. Yeah, I definitely would have to agree with that. I know uh... – David Ross is luckily um, no no disrespect to Joe Madden, but he did change his lineup a lot. I think 
Yeah, um, Ross is showing the player's uh, commitment. Uh, now, in regards to that, I mean, you know, he's sticking to a safe lineup where um, he's obviously taking into account players and where they feel best, you know, and he has experience see, playing in the majors, uh, being a catcher. Catchers have a lot of experience with other players and where they, yeah. uh, you know, he, he knows where these guys fit. You know, he played with them. You know, he played around them. So I think that really bodes well to their lineup. I want to touch on Chris Brown a little bit with you here, Joe. It's kind of a big pitfall for the Cubs, um, what's been going on with Brown. You know, he was in trade rumors um, prior to the season. Now he's having some injury troubles and uh, trouble swinging the consistent bet. Where do you see Chris Bryant um, finishing this year in 2020 um, in regards to where he started it? Um, I think he'll finish the year on the Cubs. Definitely probably won't get traded, but when it comes to the offseason, that's where you could go anywhere. With, like, multiple players even on the Cubs, like Rizzo, even Baez's contracts, and Bryant's contracts. But they have all this money towards players like Hayward and uh, Darvish. But Darvish has been playing well. Hayward's been playing a lot better, too, this year, too. But uh, Chris Bryant... I expect him to have a little better year, especially how important it was for him because he might be traded. It could be a contract year. You know what I'm saying? And then, but now he just started off really bad at batting 177 and he's on the IL, but he's going to be able to come back soon. I believe less than a week he'll be back. So hopefully they'll be able to put him back out there in that lineup and get some production from him this year. Yeah, that's another player that, you know, you talk about Baez, Rizzo, Hap, uh, and even we didn't even mention Wilson Contreras. There's a lot of names yeah. um, tied together that bring in their own way excitement and just their own style of talent to this team. You know, that's obviously been present on the field uh, since these guys have started playing together in the last few years. Now, the next thing we got to get into is we saw a bit of crosstown play this past weekend uh, oh, between yeah. the <laughs> – Northside Chicago Cubs and their visitors, the young, vibrant um, Chicago White Sox. Yeah, now, we always talk about here on the show, Joe, and I'm sure you can agree, especially with mm-hmm. baseball, one of the things I say all the time here on Wilson Court Special is expecting the unexpected. And I have to admit, my predictions for Crosstown were justifiably close games. You know, these are two talented yeah. teams that faced each other. You know, the Cubs are the more – experience in the playoffs with veteran presence, uh, developed mm-hmm. players as well. And you have the White Sox and a very young team coming into the North side, very young, excited, hungry. After they brought in some veterans. I had them going two of three, um, you know, either way, you know, just because of the pitching yeah. matchups we saw, what were your thoughts of the first two nights? Now, granted, you know, you had John yeah. Lester going up really. Yeah. That was a pitching experience. And uh, you're going up against Dallas Keuchel. A lot of, you know, analysts and David Kaplan, all the various ones that cover the Cubs, I believe they had it at a very close, low-scoring game because of the pitchers. But what were your thoughts on how the Cubs handled the uh, White Sox offense in uh, the first two games at Wrigley? Well, they didn't really handle at all all those home runs that were being hit, but I think they kind of settled down once the second game, like towards the end a little. But the third game, they they did get the win. Darvish played excellent. And that's really what it came down to was just the pitching. And the Cubs hitting got really nothing going on, too, on the first game on that Friday. I was watching it with uh, Leo, who works at WZND. He's a big White Sox guy. So that was tough for me because I saw that 10-1 blowout. But that was 
it was honestly amazing to watch, even as like a baseball fan. That all the all these home runs the White Sox are hitting, it's it's fun to watch. And they literally remind me of just the Cubs of 2015 or 14 with all these young guys that are just fun to watch, excellent baseball players and nice guys. And you can see it on the field; they're just having fun out there. But they couldn't really control it. The Cubs pitching with uh, Darvish or not Darvish, excuse me, with uh, Lester and Hendricks. Yeah, but I also think it doesn't um, definitely discount the pitching talent those pitchers have. I'm definitely a fan. I oh, think yeah. of Hendricks is a good story for the Cubs. You know, uh, he came Hendricks. in that trade yeah. Ryan Dempster. Um, and he, he's been talked about before on the show as well. Um, but Darvish was just made a statement with the Cubs team with that start against the White Sox. Tenth strikeout game, held them to a few hits, you know, Got out of it thanks to the bullpen, Jeremy Jeffers, bases loaded, getting Yohan Mokata out to finish yeah. the game in a 2-1 victory. Darvish is showing the Cubs with that start, and you might agree with me on this, that, mm-hmm. you know, yes, they paid him a lot of money. He had a rough start with the team, did better last year, but Darvish is definitely for real, it seems like, in this Cubs rotation for 2020. Oh, yeah, he's definitely for real. He, he, he I think he's a Cy Young candidate. He, you know, he's below two. I believe it's like 1.8 right now. He has a lot of Ks with a lot of strikeouts against the Sox. And then, but, and then Kyle Hendricks, what you were talking about, I think he's been one of the most underrated pitchers in MLB since like the past 10 years. He's been under like a three ERA almost every single season and right around there. And just the way he throws the ball is just so different compared to anyone else in the MLB. He just places the ball perfectly exactly where he wants it to go. And it's, fun to watch because no one really does that. He throws not that fast at all. He just is perfectly placed. And he's from Dartmouth, Dartmouth, which is funny too because he looks like a professor and he has no facial facial expressions. Hilarious. Yeah, no, I, I know uh, we had Luke Stuckmeyer, uh, former Embassy Sports Chicago reporter for the Cubs, now with CBS Chicago, uh, respectively, mm-hmm. back in episode 29. He talked about a lot, the professor, and told Kyle Hendricks as well. Um but looking at the schedule, just looking at the games following that Crosstown past weekend, the Cubs uh, went on a two-game winning streak, uh, Monday night's victory, 9-3 against Detroit. Then uh, they yeah. filed two, falling to Detroit 7-1. So tonight they're going up against Detroit once again. Then they go into a four-game series against Cincinnati and then uh, some more divisional play against the Pirates and Cardinals. When you're seeing these matchups coming up, what are your expectations for not just the rest of the season, but there's still half a season to play? You know, the the Cubs oh, yeah. do have a first-place record, respectfully, but division teams are creeping up. You know, if you look at the standings right now, you know, the Cardinals mm-hmm. are only three games back, respectively, uh, four-and-a-half the Brewers and six-and-a-half the Reds. So when you're seeing these matches come up, how key are you uh, on these um, key wins that the Cubs need to get in this, you know, unique schedule, but also against these divisional rivals? Yeah, well, they've got one more game in Detroit, and then they go to Cincinnati and – once they go to Cincinnati, they play Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, St. Louis, Cincinnati, Milwaukee. So from tomorrow, or from Friday, August 28th, till September 13th, they're going to be playing divisional divisional teams, which is going to be a huge swing right now because they got off to this great start right now, but they haven't really they haven't really played a bunch of divisional games. I would say they played the Brewers a couple times, but Cardinals were gone. But every game coming in now is going to be really important, especially the Cincinnati St. Louis games. Those are the, I think those are the two teams that have the biggest chance of catching the Cubs 
And so those are going to be huge games. And they're all in one, almost like three weeks together, they play divisional teams. But they got five against St. Louis, and then they got nine against Cincinnati, and then three against Milwaukee, and three against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh series looks – they should be able to get two out of three for sure out of that one. Hopefully a sweep, as we saw the Sox dominate Pittsburgh last night. And then Cincinnati is a team that's kind of been struggling to, compared to what their expectations were, I guess, I would say. They're 11-17. and 17. A lot of teams had them as one of the top teams. But the Cardinals have been doing pretty good since they started back from their little COVID, COVID run or whatever. And those are just all going to be a fun fun couple of series against the divisional teams there in all important games. Yeah, and I, I think we've obviously seen the Cubs are going to handle the game situations well. They have in their – uh, experience in the season when trying to contend for the postseason and being in the postseason. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to keep you too long, Joe. We got one final question for you, and it's something. Mm-hmm. Uh, credit to David Kaplan over at ESPN 1000 has asked this question. It's something probably on the minds of a lot of Cubs fans. Um, you know, we did see the last dance with Michael Jordan, and it you can almost compare that to what the Cubs are in right now. Um, you you reiterated it earlier in, here in the interview in one of your answers to a question where. You know, the Cubs have contract situations, a high payroll, and it's a situation I compare to the 2015 Kansas City Royals after they won the World Series, keeping that core together. And, um, you know, to me, the core four for the Cubs, as we talked about on the show, is obviously uh, Baez, Rizzo, Chris Bryant, and Kyle Schwarber. You know, drafted players developed together, um, Mm -hmm. Wilson Contreras and other names around them. But in the case of those four, if you had to say this was a last-dance season, do you see – Ross trying to maybe motivate the Cubs to negate that and try and continue the contention? Or where do you see it going? You know, do you see this as a last dance year where those guys will depart? Or uh, do you think it's still up in the air that the Cubs could bring those guys back um, if they can bring the whole core together? I think think it's still up in the air. But Rizzo, I hope, is a lock. He's been the captain for this team. He's been everywhere for them. I think Rizzo is definitely a lock. Baez, most likely, but Contreras, Bryant, I don't know. But And it all just determines also if there's going to be a DH in the NL, because if there's a DH, then I could definitely see them keeping Schwarber, even though they have been playing them in left field a lot this year. But the one player that I think is, like, it could be their last game for sure is Chris Bryant, especially the injuries they have initially, and even last year. He hasn't just been performing at all in the past two years, which is also hard for him because it shows that he hasn't been performing and he's been hurt. So on both sides, you really don't know like which way it's going to go, to be honest, if you know what I'm saying. It's it's tough to see. But I think uh, Rizzo, Baez, definitely have to stay as last year for the Cubs. Yeah, it looks like the jury's definitely still out. And Joe, we wanna we just wanna thank you for your time uh debuting here on Wilson Core Special. It's always good to bring in um you know, we always love to talk baseball here and that was yeah. um it, it was a lot of fun having you on, uh talking Cubs baseball. Very exciting to see what they're doing. Still a lot of games left. They have I believe yeah. thirty games left. So uh we wish you nothing but safety and the best, um, over there at W Z and D. Keep up the good work you're doing there in your sports career and we definitely hope to have you on here again soon. So uh, thank you for your time yeah. and support of the show, and uh, we hope to have you on again. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, I hope to be on again too. So that was some good insight from our debut guest appearance, Joe Kennedy. Uh, appreciate him coming on the show for the first time, and uh, we definitely want to have him on again soon. And 
like we talked about, it's very exciting to see what the Chicago Cubs are doing. I'm very impressed by the teams in Major League Baseball. Now, granted, there have been, as we talk about on the show, some teams that didn't follow the protocol as well as others, like uh, the Miami Marlins, St. Louis Cardinals, those players on the Cleveland Indians that we talked about did some stuff that wasn't right, breaking the protocol. But anyways, I have a lot of respect for the teams in Chicago. The White Sox, especially the Cubs in this case here on this episode, they're doing their due diligence in uh, following the protocols. A lot of those teams that are following it and uh, doing it in the best way possible to keep players and other players safe. We as fans appreciate that. I think that definitely should be recognized during a time such as COVID-19. And what the Cubs are putting on the field is definitely exciting. You know, all those Northside fans, I think it's cool seeing them at the rooftops. Don't see them wearing the mask. So I think that might be a good idea. Just my personal thought, you know, here with, of course, especially you want to stay safe, even if you're watching the game in the rooftops there, you still want to maintain social distance and do it safely as possible as the players are doing when they're playing the games that you're watching. But I like what the Cubs are doing. And I, with an 18-11 record, they're first in the NL Central. They have a good shot at postseason, no doubt. But I think they're showing fans, okay, we are, you know, facing some issues with player contracts coming up, our high payroll. But our new manager that helped us win in 2016 as a player is helping us get there, connecting to the players, getting that chemistry we uh, had to bring back after uh, Joe Madden was let go, and we were hoped to find the managers. We at Will Fifth Quarter Special hope nothing but the best of continued success for the Chicago Cubs organization, rookie manager David Ross, and their entire roster. So we wish their entire organization of the Chicago Cubs here in 2020 continued success in their season, good health during the pandemic, and safety. And we wish them nothing but the best moving forward from us here at Will Fifth Quarter Special. So now we're headed into the segment that ends the show everyone loves and enjoys. It's Will's Sports Movie Moment. We all have our favorite moments, not just in the sports we watch, but in our own favorite sports movies. This segment gives myself, my guest host, and our listeners at home a chance to pick their favorite moment from their favorite sports movie and compare it to modern day sports. Listeners can hop onto the podcast Facebook and profile and Twitter page, both at William D. Farlow, and post their own sports movie moment favorite for a chance to have it featured and read on future Will Fifth Quarter Specials. So, like the Will's Fifth Quarter Trivia question today, the third ever one in the history of Will's Quarter Trivia, I'm going to match my Will Sports Movie moment with uh, our Chicago Cubs team episode here at episode 52, and I think it adds to the fun we've had on this episode, um, and it's a very good classic baseball movie. It's uh, called Rookie of the Year. Obviously, a lot of baseball fans have seen it. Those of you that haven't seen the movie yet, during the quarantine here, give it a watch. Um, you know, it's easy to find on Netflix, Disney Plus, and other areas, but it's a really great movie. It's about um, a young boy named Henry Rowengardner in uh, grammar school, and he's uh, playing little league ball. Um, isn't very good. He's put in right field in the movie. Uh, doesn't do the best job. He's a diehard Chicago Cubs fan, and uh, he's going to catch the ball at school, like just playing yard ball um, at recess with his buddies, and he slips, uh, breaks the ulna in his arm and uh, has to wear a cast for a majority of his summer. And uh, he comes back with a surprise tightness in it, and he's able to uh, pitch so hard, you know, within 90 miles per hour, almost 100, that he is scouted by the Chicago Cubs and brought in as a reliever. So it's a 12-year-old boy uh, pitching for the Cubs in this movie. And uh, the scene I'm going to pick is when he's first up at the mound, and he's uh, facing the New York Mets. And, you know... Here's a young kid pitching for the first time in uh, Major League Baseball. It's unheard of. And in a movie, it's definitely even more uh, unique and special in that way. And, you know, he's he's talking to the int- unique pitching coach, Brigma. Um, Chet Stedman, who he's a big fan of, uh, becomes a mentor to him in the movie. 
um, as a veteran pitcher, and uh, he, he he's really nervous. You could tell. Um, you know, he's like, okay, what am I gonna do? How am I gonna do this? He he, he runs into a little bit of um, issues with his pitching approach in this scene in this game, and uh, the defense really helps him. In the movie, the Cubs team there had a really good defense around them in the infield and outfield. Um, good catcher as well. And uh, they also had, you know, Chet Stebbin. The, the pitching coach was unique. The manager did a really good job with uh, Henry and the team. And um, the scene is he's facing uh, the power, the fictional power bat in, um, from the New York Mets in the Cubs game there, his first outing at Wrigley um, out of the bullpen for the first time. And uh, he's run, he ran into a problem uh, with this player. But then uh, he, he, he commits a bit of an error and uh, surprisingly gets a save out of it so um I, I think it's a scene that compares to the cubs currently right now and they're pitching you know as i we talked about in the interview uh we had with our david guest appearance joe kennedy um you know the cubs pitching has had some ups and downs uh, especially in their bullpen in uh terms of just consistency you know they talked about craig kimbrell and their hopes um when they gave him that three-year deal last year that he would be the pitcher they um saw in boston or somewhere else and uh you know Jeremy Jeffress and uh, Colin Rea and some of the other bullpen pitchers, and now how Chatwood and uh, Quintana are going to come back out of the bullpen first. So they see how they fit in the rotation and everything. Alec Mills is another one. Dan Winkler. They have pitching that works um, very well, and you know no bullpen is going to be perfect, guys. I-, I think that's why you have so many pitchers in a bullpen for Major League Baseball. It gives you a lot of different options, and each bullpen pitcher, um, you know, whether it be middle reliever, setup man, or closer is going to uh, back their rotation. You know, and guys like you, Darvish, uh, Kyle Hendricks, and uh, John Lester, in, in terms of being able to bring their best A game um, in a game situation. And that's the thing about relievers, too, is you never know what situation you're coming into. And I think uh, from what I've seen from the Cubs relievers this year in 2020 with a shortened season like this, you know, dealing with the extra innings rule and in certain occasions if they have, uh, it really just puts a lot of uh, positive vibes uh, to how well they're trying to play hard for not just the organization and the team, but the fans. And I think um, when Henry did that in this scene, you know, here's a rookie uh, new to baseball. He's 12 years old. Never imagined he'd be playing a major league baseball at his age. But uh, he did it with poise and class. Uh, his defense backed him up. And uh, coaching staff, um, like the current Cubs are, um, and uh, their pitching coach, Tommy Hadovy, um, rookie manager David Ross really backing up his pitchers. You know, Ross was a catcher, so he knows his pitcher pitching well and uh, how to support the pitchers. And they're doing that in the Cubs' case. So I think this movie moment uh, from Rookie of the Year compares really well to the current Chicago Cubs. A pitching staff that still has a lot of baseball to play um, has made it through its ups and downs to a respectable 18 and 11 record, first in the NL Central. And uh, it's guys the limit for those pitchers and uh, this team. So. I think this movie moment really compares well to that. So if you haven't seen Rookie of the Year, uh, you want to go. I definitely would check that out. It's uh, definitely on the list of my favorite um, baseball movies out there, right there in my top ten. So that's my Will Sports Movie Moment choices for this episode. Definitely go check out Rookie of the Year. That is all the time we have in episode fifty-two of Will's Fifth Quarter Special. Tune in next time as we will be revealing our. Upcoming clues this week for the third ever Will's fifth quarter trivia question and our answer reveal that will come up later as it is announced. As we will also continue to cover all things Chicago White Sox and Chicago Cubs baseball during the uh, unique 2020 regular season during the COVID-19 gold pandemic. 
We will cover the Chicago Bears as they begin to open their season in a few weeks in 2020 and uh, continue to covering the offseason of the Chicago Bulls as the draft is upcoming in a few months and uh, all college sports as well as they continue to unfold. I want to thank our debut guest appearance for coming on the show for the first time, Joe Kennedy, uh, WZND News and Sports reporter. You did a great job here, Joe, uh, a friend and supporter of the show. We appreciate your time. Hope to have you on again soon. Keep up the good work over there at WZND. And uh, thanks again for uh, your time and joining us here on this episode 52 of Will's Fifth Quarter Special. When the fourth quarter buzzer sounds, turn to us for your fifth quarter sports talk. I'm your host, Will Farrow, along with our debut guest appearance, WZND News and Sports reporter Joe Kennedy, saying so long from Will's Fifth Quarter Special. To continue to hear your fifth quarter sports talk, you can check out all of Will's Fifth Quarter Specials on our new website at willsfifthquarterspecial.com. Get on in, join the sports conversation, share any opinions or thoughts on all things sports. Head to the Twitter page at William D. Farlow. The fifth quarter never stops here at Will's Fifth Quarter Special.